All right, welcome everyone to today's episode. I'm gonna be interviewing John D. Whitis. Now, John D. has become a personal friend, but I was introduced to her a year ago through Bioptimizers as a personal support person for the company that can help us get out of our own way and feel better fast. And literally, that's what she does. And I didn't really understand at first how that was gonna work. I didn't really know the EFT techniques we're gonna talk about today or emotional freedom techniques that she teaches as well as tapping. She uses a combination of both to get to the root issue of what's really hurting you or holding you back. And trust me, this is something you can't do by yourself. Um, maybe some of you can, but I know I couldn't. I would often feel discouraged, frustrated, and impatient with things as businesses evolved and as I wanted more but couldn't move fast enough. And what she taught me and what I realized is that I can identify things I want to change my life and there's things that I need to work at, but it's not all going to get solved overnight. And how I am every day while I transition or while I make that change is super important. And you're going to hear me talk about weight quite a bit. How often do we carry a weight with us? in business and then bring it back to our personal life and then we're not ourselves in our personal dynamics with our relationships, the people we care about the most. And then through that, we're constantly bringing back things to business that don't make us successful and we, we install these limiting beliefs or these, um, what they call like a ceiling. You know, you, you're hitting that ceiling and you can't really get past it. Oftentimes, it's the wiring and we have to start to address that. So what we're gonna talk about today are techniques and frameworks, structures, and just like simple things that you can do, but specifically how she helps CEOs and entrepreneurs and people in fast-paced, high-level companies, including Bioptimizers, which is an Inc. 5,000 company, the third fastest growing supplement company in the US as of 2022. So like, she's not dealing just with every average person out there. She's dealing with people that are under extreme amounts of pressure that are really being scrutinized to deliver and they're hard on themselves and they can't necessarily help themselves. So I've been working with her for over a year. My team's been working for, with her for over a year and she is an absolute pleasure. She is somebody that can help you get to the root issues and get you back to doing what you're passionate about and getting more in alignment with really who you are so that regardless of if what you want to continue doing is what you actually continue doing or not, you're going to find more peace. You're going to find more tranquility, happiness, balance. And again, her hashtag is feel better fast and hashtag better than this. And trust me, you're going to get all that in today's episode. So let's get into it. Welcome everyone to the Partner Up Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Viancourt, a former introverted small towner who now adds value to businesses by sharing the most effective ways to grow and scale using affiliate and influencer partnership strategies. I'll share the lessons I've learned over the past 15 years while helping my clients generate more than 100 million in sales. We'll also dive into productivity hacks, mindset, and the newest trends from real case studies and expert interviews. You're just one partnership away from changing your business. So get ready, partner up, and profit. Let's get into it. All right, John D. Whitus, welcome to the Partner Up Profits podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here, and uh, I'm excited for today's conversation. We've had our own conversations outside of this, of course, but I'm really excited to get your message spread across to the people listening and the people that I'm here to help. So welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Before we get started, one question I'm stealing from a friend here that he does on his podcast is, what's something interesting about you that not many people might know? Hmm. That I was a perpetual new kid, that I moved every year for a large part of my life, 
And I think that's what gave me a lot of really great insights about people are very different and yet the same. That's powerful. I like that. And I did not know that. So very cool. That explains a little bit too of uh, your diverse background and what you're able to bring in your services. So very cool. Personal work with Jondi. I myself have worked with Jondi. I pulled up the date before we got on this call because I've got a calendar and that's what I live and die by. March 2nd, 2022, last year was the first time that I met with Jondi and it was our first session. And for those of you who don't know, I work with Jondi through Bioptimizers. And basically she's a person that we reach out to who is there to serve the company and the people to help them with emotional blocks and blocks that are preventing them in their own personal life or business achieve what they really want or achieve a state of happiness and, and feeling better in general. Now, the official bio though, and I got John D's book here, by the way, Emotional First Aid for Children is one of the books. I don't know if you had others, John D. Did you have others the, out there? I do, but they're not novels. They are essentially training resource guides like how to be a great detective and how to give uh, great meetings for tapping circles. And I'm revising that one right now. So I call them resource books. I like that. Well, your resource book tells me that you're an author, master trainer of EFT International, and you've helped thousands of, I said high performers, but people just to quickly relieve suffering and to feel better fast. And I love that slogan because that's literally what I felt after working with you. And again, I can't emphasize enough that the, the people that I know Johnny's worked with beyond the people that I don't know, she's worked with high level CEOs, entrepreneurs, and we're talking Inc. 5000 companies of people and groups of people and teams that need her to help unblock what they're facing in their challenges of the business. And this isn't just people that are like a challenge with like emotional things. These could be self-sabotaging beliefs, limiting beliefs, and everything related to the mind and emotions and things that you can't necessarily uncover yourself. I've got like many analogies that I like to use, but really it's just how can we get on the journey to sustaining happiness and uncovering what we truly are passionate about and trying to combine both the best of the worlds. And I would say like you're like the magnifying glass and the light and the darkness and the person that can show doors that I've never seen before in terms of show me to this door, I'll get through it. And then I'll go to the next door and continue to find layers of the subconscious that I could have never done by myself. So I don't know if that did you justice, but overall you help a lot of people feel better fast. I thank you. And that was articulated so well. I appreciate it because I do find that I'm a guide. That's how I like to look at it. And as you probably remember, and lots of other people, I tell people all the time, I'm not here so much to teach you. I'm here to help you remember what you already know. Right. And so many of those limiting beliefs, those blocks, they're learned but that's on top of what you actually know. So there's knowing and there's learning and they're different things. I like that. Remembering what you forgot or what you don't remember. And I think as we pile on layers to our life and we become the next evolution of who we want to become, we lose touch sometimes with the passionate side of us, whatever outlet that is, whatever creativity, whatever passion that we had, dwindles sometimes when we do what we are responsible for doing as opposed to what we'd like to do or what we thought we'd like to do. So 
it is really powerful. And I would say that everyone listening to this, listen, like we're going to talk about the mind and emotional things. And you might think, oh, how does this relate? Like, how do I make more money off this or become more successful? It's all related. I can tell you that not just since working with Johnny, but since focusing on my mind, yeah, I've made more money. I've become more successful. I've done better things in my career. But relationship-wise, with my friends, my family, and then the result of that being happier outside of business and coming back to business with a lighter heart and a, just a better demeanor of things, it's so powerful. So do not exclude this as, oh, I don't need to focus on that because it's not really like how to get rich quick or how do I get better at business or how do I get better AI? This is a skill set you should be developing. And about seven years ago, I don't think I ever told you this, Johnny, but we... We were in a hotel room. I was with Matt, Wade, and a couple guys from Bioptimizers, and they sat down to do a manifestation. It was a meditation together. It was a group meditation, and I've never done that before, and I've never really met these guys. And we're sitting down in a hotel room, six guys, and just on two beds, and we're all like sitting cross-legged. I was like, this is weird, but I'm going to go with it. So if this kind of feels weird at times, or this whole concept, lean into it. I can tell you that there's a lot of powerful things that happen once you start to let go that continue to build over many years in life. And I'm still learning. I'm still going down. I've just started the rabbit hole, but it's been amazing. So what an amazing time to be alive. We get access to people like you remote. We don't have to be in the same room. We can just be everywhere in the world. Imagine hundred years ago when we actually couldn't get this type of resource, where would we be? And what were we thinking? And we were like doomed in a way. I just think it's so sad to think back then. <laughs> well, it's a great limitation, right? The, just the geography alone. And so I love that that's top of mind for you. What a great time we're living in, right? It puts a whole new spin on everything. And professionally, it's a pre-frame mindset, but it's one that I chose. I choose to see that it's a dynamic time to be alive. Mm. And That it's changes choice. everything, right? Yeah, it's a choice. And you remind me of that often. Like I said, I've worked with John. I've worked with you. And listen, like it's not a one and done. You're not... Like, oh, I'm fixed now and I don't have to ever come back. And I'm going to go through some analogies because I'm a big analogy guy, but it, it's true. Like it's, you don't wait for the check engine light to come back on. I, I look at it as regular maintenance for, for my mind, not just with EFT and everything we do together, but everything from working out, the discipline of just getting ahead of yourself before you're behind yourself. And something you said to me that really rang true and, and changed my pers perspective. And by the way, you are one of the reasons I'm here on a podcast doing these types of things. You inspired the creative outlet to come back and to say, it's okay. Even if mm -hmm. there's not really a business component to this yet, if that's creatively you, then do that. And of course, black and white. Yeah, of course. But what you said was sometimes the things I'm doing in business or in my life, it's not necessarily who I am, but it's what I'm capable of. So meaning like I might be good at organizing and planning Excel sheets or financial reports, not to say that's what I do, but it's not who I am. So there's no like passion. And if you're not balancing the passion with the output of what you're doing daily for like your responsibilities or trying to bridge that gap, you're never really going to truly be happy. And that line right there for me just set off a catalyst of things in my life to start to say, okay, you know what? That's right. I can be what I need to be, but I also want to be who I am at the heart of me. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. I'm glad you brought it up because I think so many people could benefit from this idea of over-personification with what they're doing for a living. Now, if you are all in, I am a Navy test pilot. I am. And I'm all in. Well, great. Until you can't do that anymore. And then what? So we are talking about a more rounded idea of who we are, but most of us are not, I want to say lucky enough 
I think that's true, probably. But that just might be my opinion. To have that one, I am a fighter pilot. I am so excited about that. Most of us are doing things for a living. And we're generally hired to do what we're good at. But it's not the only thing we're good at. And we may be brilliant at something else, but we haven't found a monetary way to use that. But it's still a huge part of our life of joy, of satisfaction, of fueling. And so when you say the creative expression, I really want to go to town on that. That's, that's the reason that creative therapies or art therapy is, uh, I think, so very sneakily successful. Mm. It's because it's going in a side door to the essence of things instead of just this poor prefrontal cortex idea of things. So when I say you need to fuel up, and I'm not saying that to you, I'm saying it to anybody. When you need to fuel up and you feel depleted, what, what fuels you? What brings you joy? What makes you go, boo, wow, wonder again? Because most of us get to a state where we're just like, in the traces, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that sense of personal discovery is a really big thing, Joey. It is. And for marketing professionals out there who are integrators in big companies that are growing, like myself, and I've been in this industry for almost over 15 years now, probably 17, and it's always changing and it's always demanding. Um, that is a heavy weight to burden if you're not balancing that aspect. So really crucial to tap into that. And it might just fuel you more to become more of what you're doing, or you might make a trajectory change, or it might just be like a 50-50 split. But the point is, don't tune out that component of life. And I really want to get into some key questions now related to everything we're talking about. And my three, almost three-year-old, he's into Shrek. Every single night he's watching Shrek. We have to watch the movie, the same movie again and again. That's part of being a dad, I think. It's like just, yeah, repetition. And in Shrek, he talks about layers and ogres have layers and onions have layers. And what I realized through this process of finding yourself or finding your passion or finding these deeper reasons why, like, I keep hitting the same roadblock. Oh, I got to figure out how to get around that roadblock. So I got to try it. You can try different ways or you might be self-sabotaging in relationships. There's things, but it's not always so literal as to, oh, I just have to find a different person. It's, again, a reflection of who I am and what I'm doing. And when I started to really realize that's when it became more impactful in my life, that I need to focus on my mind, I need to focus on emotional things. And I guess before we get into questions, what is EFT in its essence? What does it stand for? How does it bring happiness to people and how do people use it? Sure. Real quick, it's about 30 years old. It is a protocol, uh, family, and family of protocols. That's why it's emotional freedom techniques. Plural. It was created by Gary Craig, who was a Stanford trained engineer who suddenly found out after engineering school that he was interested in human engineering, not mechanical. So that was pretty funny. He derived it from two other family protocols, thought field therapy, which was amazing in the 80s, Roger Callahan, and earlier than that in the 70s, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And he was a master of NLP. He also took all the TFT courses, and he probably spent at least half a million dollars on every self-empowerment guru out there to find out what is the human potential and how can I help impact it more quickly, more easily, and this is key for me. 
how can I take it out of academia and therapeutics and create the perfect self-care tool for modern day living? So he did go ahead and do that. It's deceptively simple looking, but like an iceberg, all the majesty and mystery is below the waterline of practiced use of it because there are many different kinds of ways in which you can use the very basic foundation of the tool set. But your toolbox just keeps getting bigger, right? And so it combines things that we would normally find in therapeutics, like brief exposure, not prolonged, like neuroity, like neuroreconsolidation, like a decrease in our cortisol levels in our nervous system, our vagal system, our limbic system. All of these are somehow combined in these tiny little algorithms simultaneously, which is where Feel Better Fast comes from. Very cool. And as you're thinking, as you're talking through that, I was thinking to myself, just some things I wanted to share. I've noticed myself whenever we're doing our trainings and even other people have mentioned the same thing is through the practice of these techniques, through the practice of regular meetups and just discipline of doing this stuff, not like doing it once and thinking it's over. It's not, meditations, we don't ever stop. Workouts, you don't ever stop, right? For me, it's the problem, whatever the problems defined as in your life might not go away right away. There's a transitional phase. So let's just say it's like, I have to exit a relationship in my life. I don't want to, whatever a person, it could be a spouse, mm -hmm. it could be a family member, it could be a friend. You might not be able to get rid of that person or transition from that person tomorrow. So how you deal with it and how you're receiving it in your life for the next year, I mean, that's a year of your life. So in my opinion, I want to learn how to dissolve of that, of that pain or that anxiety that's building up or that, that feeling that I don't want to feel while I still make a plan to get out of it. So my point is the impact and the weight on your shoulders through this process can be alleviated a little bit. It can, you can be lighter through that transition where you're not taking it so seriously, but you're still accomplishing the outcome you want. And for business where there's always problems coming up, how to deal with that. There's a lot of unhealthy ways to deal with this, but there's a lot of good ways we're gonna talk about today and tools. And I, we've already used a few and there's two of my favorites that I wanna talk about later. But before we get into that, okay, so uh, let's just say I've never heard of this and I'm like, okay, well, Joey, like, how do I know I need this? Or like, I think I'm fine, right? Well, fine, I, I, what's fine? I, I really don't like that word. And I also like, don't like the word retirement, but that's just me. <laughs> now, what are some cues? like? What are cues that maybe, there's two th different types of people I think might listen to this and say, is that me or not? There's people that I hear all the time saying like, I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, I'm burnt out, I'm crispy. That's like the burnt out professional avatar, right? Now right. there's the other side. There's the other people that are like, they don't feel crispy. They're not worried, anxiety, building up or whatever, but it's almost like they're self-sabotaging. There's a ceiling that they've set and they wanna get more, they wanna be more successful, whether it's money or whatever it's status, but they want to reach to the next level, but they, they can't. They continue to get the same roadblocks. I think mm -hmm. that both of the, tech, the techniques that we're talking about today can help both people. But what are some like cues that you would tell people, listen, if you're experiencing this or you're saying these words all the time, it's time to like check in with yourself because you're at that level. You need that check in again. Absolutely. I think what you're saying is check yourself to right? That's the easiest thing for us to do, to become, we can put beautiful words on it. We can become more mindful. We really can. But 
I tend to talk in a very casual way if given the opportunity. And so I'll just, hey, check your role, check your check yourself talk. What are you telling yourself about this? So one of the things I think that this tapping is going to do for us is it's going to quickly bring us to more clarity. Oh, it's not this, it's that is very useful. And if I created an efficient way for you to get there, now that's a great use of your time. If I find that I'm self-savvying all the time, therein I'm saying something like this. Hey, does this happen to you a lot? Because those patterns are repeating patterns. And in my very humble, I hope, opinion, it's the universe giving you yet another opportunity to work that stuff out, right? Why do I keep dating the same guy? Well, the universe is giving you another opportunity to work that out. And you might want a little bit of fast clarity on what are the things you are reproducing or bringing to you. Now, some of your people will be energetic people like I am, and some will be emotional or therapeutic people. Okay. But the idea is it works either way on the spectrum. What I'm looking for is how do you keep bringing that to yourself? Mm. Okay. Energetically, sorry, it was over here. I guess it was over here. Energetically, the idea is I am broadcasting my energy, my frequency, like a radio. Okay, like broadband, like fiber, whatever you want. But I'm broadcasting on a frequency and the people that are catching my frequency are on the same frequency. Okay, and I'm going to just go ahead and spoiler alert. It's because we are trying to reproduce what is, quote, normal. There is no such thing as normal. There is common to your experience. But normal to who? Right. So you're broadcasting that frequency. You mm. might want to check that. How does this keep happening to me? What do you keep thinking about it? What do you keep saying to yourself about it? What do you find keeps happening when you do what? But the people on the therapeutic side might say, oh, well, emotionally, what's going on here? And I would say, are you used to feeling that way? Did you grow up feeling that way? Or trying to do the opposite. That's another pattern. And it's just occurring to us in another way. And we're talking about it in another way. But is it the same thing? I think so. And so the first step is clarity. The second is what yourself talk about this. What meaning have you made about that? And where'd you learn that? Or how did you learn that is a better question. Interesting. And from my experience, it's not easy to get there right off the bat. If you ask somebody, like, there's a process, and that's why you're, like, you're doing this and not me, but you need to extract something and you need to coerce something out in a loving way. But mm -hmm. you can't just ask somebody, where'd you learn that? Like, is that from your father? Is that from your mother? Because they don't even know. It's like, it's locked away behind something else that has to be uncovered one piece at a time. And I'm a big fan of Seinfeld, I don't know if you remember in the 90s, Seinfeld show, I love that show, but like George is like, I'm going to do the opposite. And then I started to see success. And now I think that the instant thought for me, it's I'm just going to do the opposite then. Like if I don't, if, like for me personally, I'll share that I always have this idea that people are maybe judging me a little bit, right? I think everyone mm -hmm. relates that. So I'm just going to pretend like I don't care. Well, there's almost like a, a disbelief subconsciously that builds and it's like resenting that. So while you could just do the opposite, you're still gonna have this buildup. I think that the balance for me was that 
yeah, start to, to broadcast something different, but then work through the tapping patterns to actually wire it in if that's like an easy way to put it. But if you don't do both, I found that it's like my body was rejecting the the, the premise or whatever I was trying to hand it to. So it, it's a really interesting process. And the more we did it, the more we, I got better at it, I found. And to the point that I could come to you from where we left off. We left off at like this stage now. I'm not going back to square one. I've already been there. We're deeper now. We're like way over here. And it's able to tap in without that. Again, I always refer to it as a weight. It's like a weight everyone feels. And there's less and less weight that I'm carrying now, which is really nice. There's not less things like there's, there is, but there's always, it's like the space you have is a space you fill, but that law of things, even in your house, like the space in the room is a space you're going to fill if you're a, if you're a hoarder or something, mm -hmm. <laughs> same thing in the mind. But from what I can tell from my experience, I feel lighter. So I want to know though, what are ways that we commonly get in our own way? Well, not to bang the drum again, but it's thinking the same thoughts. I mean, a belief is a thought you keep thinking until you no longer are thinking about it. It's gone into your long-term memory and actionables, if you will, as a pattern. Our beautiful brain is a model of efficiency. It's like, I don't wanna waste a minute of this gray matter stuff, this active gray matter on anything but dire circumstance. So as quickly as possible, everything I can possibly automate I'm going to keep doing it. So beliefs are just thoughts that we kept on thinking until they've gone into long-term automatic pilot. We think we're thinking, but we're not. Mm. Okay. So that autopilot is giving us the instructions to do the same thing over and over again. It's not judging it though. It's just doing it. It's carrying out the work. I would actually have to bring it back into my executive function prefrontal cortex to actually judge it, weigh it, all that, which turns out to give you a lot of weight. I think <laughs> so that's what you're saying, right? But the clarity does two things. I'm referring back because I think it's important. The clarity does two things. One, it really isolates what's the real deal here. Not the one I'm telling myself, but what's the real deal? It's probably not this, it's that. I wasn't aware of it. Oh, that's true. You weren't aware of it. So the weight of what is this has cleared already because now I know that thing, right? The second bit is that when we have conflict and all of us do, this is the, the root of parts work. Parts work is the most American kind of, not American, human kind of work that you can do because we are a collection of desires, urges, memories, ideas. Right. And so parts work often is colliding with us. I really want to make a lot of money, but I don't want to take the risk. I really do want to like make this my own and my big statement. Oh, I don't want anybody to judge me. And those are just very simple ways of looking at parts work. But tapping helps your nervous system, limbic system, vagal system calm down with all the conflict. And so you streamline that. It is an efficiency plan. You do lose the weight because it's not about this. It's like, oh, I see what's happening here. Oh, okay, fine. I'm feeling that somebody's going to judge this as not good enough, which means I'm not good enough. Oh my gosh, listen to myself talk again. That's what's in the way. Oh, 
Okay, where do I start to build differently, to send out a different broadcast frequency that is more in alignment with who I really am and what I really want and what I'm really thinking instead of autopiloting? Does that make sense? It, it makes a lot of sense. And I th- when I'm also thinking to myself through my own experience, which is I really enjoy the conversation because I've done it and I came from it from a complete newbie perspective and I'm still mm-hmm. a newbie and I'm not the biggest fan necessarily of like always back then it wasn't like tapping was my favorite thing. It was almost like an annoyance. I was like, I don't want to tap, but doing it, if you were to ask me a scale one to 10, how do you feel at the start? It's like, oh, I'm 10. I'm just, I'm up here. And afterwards mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, the problem didn't fix itself in 60 minutes or our session, but I'm at a one now and I'm still aware of it. And I understand a little bit more why, but why do I feel better? And you do feel better. And then it's like, you're going back into that, not the war zone, but it's like, you're going back into whatever you're doing, facing it head on. And now you got a smile on your face. So you got a new perspective and you got a lightness to you. I mean, that's super powerful. Um, Yeah. Perspective. I think that's really a word that we lose. So Mm. often, all of us, me too, everybody, but you lose perspective and it's almost like everything is right in front of you and it's so close. And one of the things we're doing with the tapping is pushing that back so that we can take a better look at it. Okay. And so letting go of the conflict and the noise right in front of you allows you to start feeling your way through, well, wait a minute, let's take a look at that. And of course, we have a lot of different techniques and methods of of choosing different kinds of lenses through which to look that will allow that perspective to come out. But I will say one of the things that is so important that you mentioned is I'm not here to fix your life. I couldn't fix you if I wanted to. And I do want to, but I can't, right? We are the only persons that can fix ourselves, but your guide, your guide can help you with new tools, techniques, perspectives, questions, and also self-care tools that can relieve that weight, bring that clarity, open that path to a new perspective and a new way of thinking. Mm. And I will say that one of my first privileges was to work with veterans with PTSD and do two field trials They found, I'm not going to say the number correctly, we have a huge field of research now, all data crunched, five meta studies, there's a lot of it out there, but one of the first ones was on this veterans protocol, and what they would do is if they had already been tested in as a PTSD sufferer, meaning they had that condition, that medical condition, they met the benchmark for that. We provided them with six sessions over six weeks. And the cortisol levels that they would take from their saliva before and after the sessions and at the end of the study, and then three months later and six months later, it went down by over 60%. So if you think about the cortisol in your system, as a general rule, when we're hyperactivated, right? Whether someone's attacking us or they're disagreeing with us, or we're really unsure of this, we're going to speak, whatever it is, we can get that threat response that is natural to humans really high. And the cortisol and adrenaline that are pumping in readiness to defend against threat. If we can bring that down, 
well, imagine what that weight falling off you, what that bath of chemicals dissolving, what will that do for your performance, your thinking, your ability to express yourself? If you've ever been interested in leveling up in partnership marketing, including affiliate and influencer marketing, as well as developing stronger partnerships and making better connections, then I want to invite you to check out partnerupprofits.com. It's a passion project dedicated to helping you simplify your business and personal life by giving you access to done-for-you templates, blueprints, and systems related to partnership marketing that you can instantly start to use and see results from. I've always been a systems guy, and the beauty of systems is that it takes the guesswork out of the process and gives you a plan that you can use immediately while saving you time and effort. So you'll get access to free training and courses on everything partnership marketing related to level up your knowledge. And because I have a soft spot for the boots on the ground folks out there who are expected to get more done in less time using less money, the systems I'm giving you are based on a bootstrap budget so you don't need to spend thousands of dollars right out of the gate. Just go to partnerupprofits.com and sign up for my free course to get my productivity toolbox, which includes templates for scorecards, objective planning, relationship tracking templates, productivity hacks, opportunity calculators, time blocking templates, and a whole bunch more cheat sheets being added regularly that will totally transform you into a partnership marketing expert and productivity ninja. You can also get access to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Influencer Marketing course that has over two hours of content where I'll teach you the right way to start working with influencers, including how to outreach, prospect, and close deals and start developing more partnerships and building your influencer army. Go to partnerupprofits.com and get access now. That's a really powerful fact, I think, and I didn't even know that either. And I don't always like to rely on scientific backing because I like to, I'm more of a feel guy, but I also recognize that there's things like I work, well, I, we, a lot of us work in marketing. We like before and afters. What's the before and after of a fat loss? I can see that. What's the before and after of my teeth whitening kit? I can see that. You don't see the before and after of a cortisol level dropping. And some people may or may not comment that you seem a little bit more relaxed these days or not. Right. But it's nice to know that at least there is a before and after, even though you can't visually see it, you're going to experience it. And I, I really, I really am passionate regarding people understanding the benefit of things that even if you can't see happening necessarily, like if you're not doing the test yourself on the cortisol, it is taking place and it is doing you benefit. So I'm a little bit jaded when it comes to marketing some days because I do so much of it. Right. I see so much, so many bad components of marketing, but right. I think that again, lean into the fact that this is stuff that, I mean, it works. And I, I really wanted to dive into another area as it relates to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. How often do people come and work with you or, or like stories you've heard of patients or clients, I guess, I don't, I don't really want to know what you call them, <laughs> but yeah. people you work with, they come to you and it's like, they think that John is just making me upset and I don't like that guy. But then after a certain amount of sessions, I mean, I'm assuming that it becomes a root cause somewhere else in their life and it has nothing to do with John themselves. So I guess the like, question that I know we talked about was like, how does the conditioning and our resulting expectations play a part in our work yeah. and everything we do and everything we feel? Everything. Conditioning pretty much is everything because our little world, even the, the, the house next door has a totally different universe in it. They are conditioned to new rules, even though they look the same, 
and new expectations and it feels different and that's the way of the world Mm -hmm. so when we come in uh this happens a lot with only kids Right. When we come into a whole new set of well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I'm not picking on only kids. I was one for 10 years. But the idea is you just don't have any comparison until you start getting out of the house, out of your bubble. Mm. Right. And then all of a sudden you have two different meta ways that you could go. One is, hey, they're wrong. And the other is, wait a minute, I didn't know anything about that recommend number two. So in this way, you are helping people understand that John is representative of something else. It may be a way of thinking. It may be a way that you were treated, maybe an experience that you were conditioned to put up with, and you no longer are having it. You see where I'm going with all that, right? And so honoring that everybody comes from a learning a set of learning, I guess, to be precise, makes it okay to understand. And and hearkening back to a few minutes ago when I said, huh, how'd you learn that? Is an open-ended, non-judgmental question instead of who taught you that? They were lying, Mm -hmm. right? Open-ended. And so you teach yourself to do that now too. Huh, that's really curious. How'd I learn that? Where's that coming from? Hmm. That sense of curiosity is openness to actual thinking. The other is closing down in judgment and return to learned truths. And I did, yes, put an S on that. <laughs> right? I, like, I like the idea of curiosity. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't brought up to be curious necessarily. I wasn't like told not to be curious, but it was more of like, this is how we do it and this is how it's been done. So I've been trying to em- embrace curiosity in my own life. And the thing I'm curious about now, and it's something I just experienced yesterday and it, it was with my wife and we were in the car and like, I, I get into like business mode. I get into business mode in a relationship and a personal dynamic that I have no real business being a business guy in that thing. It's like, this is my loving wife. I don't want to be this guy in business. That's like, well, that's the way it is. And we just got to get things done. And, but yet, I mean, just for personal curiosity right now on today's podcast, what are the reasons that we're prone to be our most natural selves, but yet the worst version of ourselves with people that we love and care about the most that we're closest to, Mm -hmm. as opposed to when we're in business, we put up a front, we don't let people see, and we're never that way with them. But then we just fall apart with other people that we love. It's a great question. And I'll give you my take on it from a few years before you. It's, I think it's like this. Let's go to parent and child. If you have done a good job and your child believes themselves to be loved and important and that they matter, then no matter how bad it gets, there is one or two people in their lives that they don't want to let them be disappointed. They don't want to let them down. But on some unspoken primal level, I know I am loved and will still somehow be connected, bonded, attached, valued in some way, even if I am really disappointing. Mm -hmm. Just take that for a second. If I'm at work, I didn't grow up with that. We didn't grow that root together. Even though I may be your superstar today, 
even though I may be as good as my last two programs, my last moving of the needle, and I'm feeling really good. But there is always underneath that a sneaky suspicion that if X, then Y, if I don't perform X, then Y is going to happen. So we can very easily go to catastrophic thinking, et cetera, et cetera, because we don't have that same bedrock assurance of being connected, valued, and that is going to stay put. That's why your kid will behave terribly because on some level they know mom is not going to toss them out. Oh, so true. (laughs) Right? And so my wife who loves me and I love her is not going to say, get out of the car. That is it. I don't care where we are. I'm never coming back. So we use them in a way to get a little bit sloppier than other situations where we're quite clear on some unspoken level, I'm only as good as. Interesting. I've, I've never thought of it that way. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's even more for me, reaffirming the idea that like, you need to practice this because if you want, if I want my relationship to stay alive, I need to make sure that I'm tapping into the awareness that I just went through a demanding day where I couldn't be myself maybe in certain places Mm -hmm. because of certain dynamics. And now I'm going Mm -hmm. home to my family where I might need that outlet. Like I'm not yelling at them, but I'm just not being the true caring, kind person I, 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 they deserve and that I deserve Mm -hmm. to be to them. And I think that oftentimes there's been a few cases where I'm like, I know something's coming up in a week or two and I need to prep for that mentally whether it's like a big planning session, whether it's something like creative thought and I'm gonna be meeting with people that I wanna be my best for, I need to like shed this this weight we keep talking about, right? This crispiness, this burnt out feeling before I go into that state because I wanna be in this elite mind state and really just dissolve that, whatever you're packaging with you. So we're not all perfect. I think we're all continuously evolving. (laughs) Wait, there's no such thing as perfect. Let's just call it out. There's no such thing. Maybe in the time of the Greeks, they had an ideation of perfection that was godlike. It didn't live on earth Mm. for a reason. There is no such thing. So I believe we do ourselves a severe disfavor by even thinking that is a possibility. But I want to answer to what you were talking about a moment ago, which is, In the 50s, and no, I was not part of this scenario on TV, but you could see it on a sitcom. Don't tell dad till after he's had his martini, till after he's read his paper, till after he has a good meal in his stomach. Mm. Now, of course, these are silly, but the idea was there had to be a moment of switching gears. Okay, so it might be I'm making all this up for a heightened reason. I might be leaving the office. I am very activated. I perhaps am driving with a little road rage. By the time I get home, I have not shed all that weight or that reactivity. And I come in and I am just still in that mode. And I walk in and a part of me recognizes that this is not the cause of that. But the other part of me that is 
in way control right now is going harumph, 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 and knows that they're going to forgive me somehow because after all, I make a lot of money and make all this possible for you, don't I? Right? There's all that background noise. But what about if you and I just decided right here and now, I'm not going for perfection. I'm just going for better. And better would be when I walk in the door and went, wow, what a day. I think I just need a few minutes in the backyard, in the shower, maybe drink martinis. I don't know. But the idea is I need a moment to switch gears, to become present to not only myself, but what is actually around me right now, instead of the looping generative thing in my brain that I brought home. Does that work? That works. And I mean, there's, it's so true in right now in today's modern society of working from home. Mm -hmm. I work like I'm in my office right now. I walk out of this door, I'm right back in quote unquote real life, right? There is no the break. And sometimes I don't recognize that. I don't even take a few extra minutes. So I think that's powerful for everyone listening that if you're working from home, that dynamic doesn't exist where you've got that car ride home anymore to maybe unwind, listen to some music and just like decompress, right? So mm-hmm. I think there is an opportunity for us to start to say, okay, let's put ourselves first, as we've talked about as big philosophy, it sounds selfish, but it's like, and the other thing I wanted to say before you do this, give yourself permission to be like, it's okay to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's I, I've I was taught or I was conditioned to think that it's not OK to show weakness, whether that mm-hmm. was what was meant to be taught to me or not. I didn't feel like so I'll give you an example. If I'm going to leave this room after this podcast, I'm going right back in the real life. I might not say, hey, listen, that was a great call, but I'm a little bit drained and I just need like 20 minutes because I feel like that's weakness and I I deserve better. I need to be better for Mm -hmm. my family. So it's almost like I have to prepare myself. But what I've learned, at least for myself, being curious more and learning from like people who are more uh, emotionally vulnerable or willing to share is it's okay if I can just say, hey, you know what? I had a bad day today. I don't know where my head's at. I don't know why I'm in this mood, but I'm sharing this with you because like mm-hmm. I might be a little bit this. That goes so far for somebody. What's the worst than somebody like being upset and you don't really know why? And listen, not everyone knows why you're upset some days. Even yourself, you're like, I don't know why I'm upset. But just mm-hmm. knowing, telling somebody that sometimes for me, very powerful. Because I'll be the one like, why are you upset? Are you upset with me? What's going on? But if I just hear, it's not you, I don't know what it is, but something's happening today and just my head's like a mess. I'm like, oh, okay. I I love you so much more for just telling me that. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I mean, I've often said a great defense is a great pre-frame. In other words, let people know where you're coming from. I want to go back to what you had said a moment ago about that I was conditioned somehow, this weakness idea. And so I just want to point out from my point of view, Mm -hmm. that is simply an interpretation. Whether they meant to give it to you or not, it is an interpretation of the fact when I say I need a minute that I have somehow displayed a weakness. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, well, that is the meaning I made of it, apparently. But the good news is you get to be the meaning maker as many times as you want until you get it to a place that works for you. Okay. So that is about truth telling to oneself. Is that really true? Did I really mean that? Do I really believe that? Or is that something that I guess I learned? I don't know. Don't let it be so heavy. (laughs) Right. And when we share that, that full disclosure 
pre-frame helps other people cut us a break, Mm. helps other people pump the brakes, helps other people refine their expectations of that next moment or what you shouldn't do, be, say, all that. So talking to them to give them where you're coming from is a great gift. And also, I think I'm constantly saying this, pump the brakes. And don't forget that whatever's been taught to you about you have to look them in the eye and respond to them immediately, uh, that is an expectation. It might be a pattern. It might be a coping mechanism from the past because I sure didn't want to get hit. So I managed to do that right away. Mm. Conditioned learning, right? But if I learn that I can create another set of evidence, which is, Give me just a minute. I can use that anywhere in the boardroom, to the boss, to my husband, to in place. I can just go, just give me a minute. Or let me think about that a minute. Or I will get back to you. That deserves some more thought. Those are three phrases anybody could use, which allows them to pump the brakes, find out what they are really doing right there, right? And alter a reactivity into a response zone. And it's always going to turn out better. Those are, those are three powerful things that, and the thing I'm taking away from this as I'm listening and I'm wondering like who would really benefit from these conversations. And I think that there's a broad spectrum, but for me specifically being a a natural, again, I'm not trying to label because I'm caught in like, I don't want to say something to condition myself, but I feel there's a bit of an introversion component to me and that's okay. It's not shyness. It's just, I'm, I get drained from conversations. I don't get energized. I think that's the difference between introvert and extrovert. Now, that being said, I've had to learn systems protect me as an introvert in my opinion and the system that i developed was i'm going to be i'm going to have to practice awareness because i'm constantly putting the blinders on so i have to Mm -hmm. constantly ask myself what am i feeling what am i thinking what am i doing this for and then the second thing you said pump the brakes my default is yeah okay i'll probably be able to do that now i do the opposite i do the whoa this is a lot of information i'm gonna have to come back give me a second like give me a couple days instead of just yes man or whatever So I think that's important, especially as an introvert, just learning to be, just literally memorize those lines, get used to them, say them out loud to your spouse and practice them a little bit so that in situations, and again, dealing with online marketing professionals, whether you're a copywriter, whether you're freelancers, relationships are key in this business, regardless of what you're doing, relationships are key in almost every business. But this is a really powerful tool and it requires you to be vulnerable. It requires you to sometimes like just disassociate being, oh, it's my personal life and it's my business life. As I've gotten older, I've tried to become more vulnerable. And again, it's a cliche saying, but the older I get, it feels like honestly, the less that I do know. And it just becomes more true by the day. And it's not that I don't know things. It's just, I'm open to the interpretation of others now, where I don't have a firm belief on exactly what I believe. I've got some pillars, but Mm -hmm. I'm open to, hey, what's your pillar and what's your belief? Where are you coming from? And that's powerful in relationships. So I think, yeah. I think we've touched on a lot. I want to hear some tools. I want to hear what are tools that people can start to use and start to use this process. Hilariously, we've been talking about them all along. We really have. Because in a sense, I think these are mindset tools. Mm. And I'll also just go a little bit backwards and say mankind is a relational mammal. 
We are nothing but a relational mammal in relation to each other, to our surroundings, our environment, to our food, to our pets. We're relational mammals. So it pays to get this right because that's the only way we actually exist. As you can tell, not very healthy human beings exist in isolation. Mm. That's why we call it punishment. Okay, because we are disconnecting a relational mammal from their life source connection. So I think that's a very powerful thing that you said. I love that as we talk about this, we can go backwards and say, okay, pump the brakes is a technique. Learning a new way to tell people your preframe is a technique, right? Learning to make preframes that matter to you, work for you, or that you need to give you what you want. Nowhere is that probably more important than when you're an introvert or you are working in a power dynamic that is created to keep that dynamic in place. Okay. I think that when we're tapping and there are various small, terribly small algorithms they are simultaneously addressing your nervous systems. Yes, I said systems, your neurological systems, your kinetic expression of those, and your cognitive abilities too, because all the tapping is going, well, I forgot to say this, I guess. All of this is based on ancient Asian medicine. Mm. Probably Qigong is the great, grandmother of all things medical. We have conveniently forgotten about 5,000 years of that, and we're just getting ready to you know, start assessing and acquiring things that were well known to indigenous people, tribal people, simpler people, rural people, right? And this big technological overlay we have has divorced us and disconnected us from a lot of that. Um, so retrieving it means I'm showing you how to use your body and have a body up processing instead of a prefrontal cortex down. Because this part is the last to know. Trust me, it's the last to know. Your body and your, let's call it the reptilian part of your brain at the stem that hooks to your spinal column and your vagal nerve, those are the oldest systems we have, and they know first. What do they know? It's a misnomer to use that word, but it's easy to say. Is sort of like, something's wrong. There is a ripple in the force, Luke. That's what our bodies are doing. We are giant antennas in relational bubbles and systems taking in information. So what we've learned to do in modern times is shut all that down for a cognitive-only approach Lots of people hide in their head. These people right now, you've come up with at least three, right? But hiding in your head is a very vulnerable space because you've shut down three-fourths of your information systems. Mm. Why would you do that if you knew that? And that's where we come in with this podcast. Most people don't know that, right? So we're retrieving this information. So we're going to teach them to percussively self-care. And when I say percussive, that's what tapping is. It's percussive on the body itself 
to immediately access the body's nervous system and their neural networks. And this thing we called emotion, which is an amalgamation of all the stuff coming in that makes us feel a certain way or gives a certain sensation we have labeled, I'm scared. So that's what we're doing. Everything we've been talking about affects mindset. We're talking about giving clarity through pumping the brakes, asking a few curious quality questions, this percussiveness, keeping our threat response systems on the down low. So maybe that wasn't a very satisfying answer because there's no one technique, but there is one algorithm that everything else is built on in EFT tapping. And let's just go through that so it's not mysterious to people. We access a point that is actually right below our pinky bone before our wrist bone, and we access it with fingertips. So unlike acupuncture, we don't have any needles, <laughs> which is a relief to most people. And so there is light percussive tapping, and this is where we start. This is where we start using words if we have them. And if we don't, ah, the beauty of it all, just tap and breathe mm. until you do. Because this starts settling down the nervous system itself so that you can actually think. And this is really important. When our body starts picking up threat response system, it starts immediately squeezing down the blood flow to where? To this guy. And pumping it all into where? This guy. Mm -hmm. So that we can escape, fight, whatever it is we're going to do physically. And often we can't do that. We're sitting in the boardroom and we're being abused and we can't get up and go stop. We can't run away. There's a lot of things we can't do. So what are we doing? We're flooding ourselves with cortisol because we've got no place to go. So I'm going to say, here's a little trick for everybody. Well, it's not a trick, it's a tip. Do what I just showed you in your lap. Know that I am doing something towards my self-care. Mm. I am not vulnerable, out of control, powerless. I am taking action steps right now for my personal nervous system to come back online. Because the minute that I do, bingo, the blood, oxygenated blood starts flowing again to this guy that we think so much of. So this is very small, important technique we could do right away. How long do you do it? As long as you need to. How fast do you do it? About the speed that feels good. How do you breathe? Just make sure you do. Right? I like that. And the key thing with this for me was that there is no outcome necessarily. Like, what am I supposed to be thinking right now? don't that's not the focus it's your free-flowing thought almost like a meditative state or just letting thoughts come in and thoughts leave but it's you're looking for the response you're like you said the blood flow and this isn't necessarily like i think people want like well just what can i buy or what can i consume and this is a free technique in a lot of ways after you've if you've learned the proper ways and you know that's you might right. have to read you might have to buy some books you might have to investors but investing in yourself is one of the best investments of course and 
I, I think about this. If you're on, if you're at like in a meeting, nobody needs to see what you're doing, but you're taking your fingers and on the side of your palm here in the front, you're just tapping. Like that's super easy. And no one has to know that like, oh, he's doing EFT or he's doing tapping. It's just between you and yourself and that's it. So I think it's a really powerful one way to get started. One other one too, I don't know if it's on your site, but you shared this one with me. It's called the Confusion Pattern Buster. That was powerful for me too. And I don't know if you can just give like a 30 second elevator pitch on what that is or where sure. we could probably find it on your site to maybe even download it. Well, I will work with you to find a, a place to put that PDF so that people can okay. get it. Okay. Great. Basically, this is not EFT. It's doing EFT with this process. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as such, it addresses what you're doing as quickly as possible in a practiced structural format so that you can create change, desired change. So the ABCD is just a way to show how simple it is. And then it has four steps. And the first step is what just happened? Right. The minute you have that feeling again, the minute you find yourself, hey, what just happened? Mark just marched in here and just threw things all around. Like for some reason, I worked for him. <laughs> B. And what did you find yourself automatically doing? Well, I got all huffed out. I was like, da, 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 da. I don't work for you. Ba, 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 ba. See, because I thought it meant what about me? That I was less than him, that somehow he gets to be the boss. That, that oh, that's clarity, isn't it? D, well, now that I know that, what do I choose to do in response instead? I think I'm going to choose to let Mark cool off. I'm going to put that stuff back on his desk. And if I decide to, I'm going to say, hey, Mark, when you come in all activated and throw stuff at me, it's disrespectful. Mm. That was one of my favorites for the four steps. There's also the four quadrants. And I want to be mindful of time today, but there's we're going to get we're going to get those live for you, John. D. I think those are really powerful lead captures for your business and for people to actually benefit from. And for myself, one little hack that I use from that pattern buster was if I'm on a meeting and I feel like I'm not being heard, I'm not going to be like, hey, would you like would you shut up, please? I need to talk. I just do a now a quick hand raise smile and I wait for them to see me and it's like, oh, sorry, what's that, Joey? And then I'll speak up or, you know, and Zoom, you can actually do the hand raise, right? That's right. It's a real, it's a nice way to interject without feeling like you're doing it in a rude way. And for me, that's mm -hmm. been really helpful now because I used to like sit there and like hold my neck because that's where I felt it. Mm -hmm. And I just feel it was, now it's just like a little quick hand gesture, smile, even if I don't feel like smiling and then it breaks that pattern. So yes. thank you for all that. Where can people go on their journey to hashtag better than this? Because that was a hashtag you shared with me. I love it, by the way. Where can they find your material? Where can they find you and just everything you're up to? Well, it's cleverly named johndwhitest.com. <laughs> That's what the web guy said, but it's J-O-N-D-I-W-H-I-T-I-S.com. I am frequently on Facebook and Insta. I have several pages. I'd say you would probably find more of the stuff that we're doing here, perhaps on Facebook, also on LinkedIn. I try very hard to not just be the tapping lady, 
even though that's what I'm chiefly known for. And I train people how to become tapping practitioners. Um, and I enjoy doing that very much, mostly like you, I think. I want to help people integrate this into their life so that it's a self-care tool. I call it the people's tool mm. in honor of Gary Craig, who said, not everybody can afford therapy or find a good therapist. I want to give everybody a tool that's going to make their life better. I want to give it to you. And for me, that was the gift. It's the people's tool. And so I call myself the people's teacher because I can adapt those same principles to whatever is going on. And that's my joy to do. That is my creative fuel is integration and adaptation. And if somebody wanted to know more than is on the website there, I think that listening to your podcast has just given them such a nice arc of possibilities of mindset change, of thinking change, and personal empowerment being based on finding out what are you doing that is no longer serving you. Mm. Love it. So. Love it. John Whitis, W-H-I-T-I-S.com. And we're going to get into some fun parts of the episode today too. So thank you for all your wisdom. And again, mm -hmm. check, we're going to get the framework live. Uh, I want to do that with you. And I also want to just make sure everyone can access it. We always ask one question on the podcast and it's called the Partner Up Profits Power Move. And what it boils down to is a relationship building tool strategy tactic that you've used to connect deeper with somebody or to get your foot in the door with a potential client, a prospect, a friend, somebody that you're trying to get their attention and everyone's got their own version of it. I'd like to hear if you've used one recently or in the past or something you're thinking of using in the future. I don't know if this is too simplistic for that or not, but I found it works really well, which is I've I continue to train myself to listen mm. better and better because that I think is the best power up partnership move you can make learning to listen better. And the second part is take what you hear and offer something like this. How can I support you in that? How can I best support you with that? I heard you. I want to support you. And I learned from the veterans to use the word support instead of help. Mm, that's big. I like that. That's, that, that's what I'm looking for in these conversations. Little nuances and phrasings, vocabulary. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Thank Great. you for sharing. We're going to jump into some quick fire questions. Are you ready? <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything we just talked about today. I just, just Okay, good. <laughs> directly because part of my personal like selfish reason for having a podcast is to connect with people and learn a little bit more about what they are and what they're about again i've stolen this from a friend of mine he does this all the time on his podcast but here we go okay. so just first thing that pops in your mind it has to be simple it has to be just to the point and don't think too much about it so favorite food okay corn i didn't know that <laughs> i don't even know if that's true but that was the first thing that popped into my mind i'm a country girl originally, Joey. Okay. What's your best memory? Mm. Front cab of a pickup truck, three little kids in matching Wellington boots, Mississippi dust everywhere on the way to the bump bump cow pasture. Wow. That's a country song lyric right there. So that's great. <laughs> I'm a country music fan too. <laughs> yeah. 
If you had another go around and got to write a new story in your life, what would it be in 30 seconds or less? I would understand that performance with comedy was allowed. And that just because you had an acting opportunity that was given to you, you didn't have to take that well, pretty girl, which meant nothing to me whatsoever as a tomboy. But if I had known, I could have been a comedic actor. I probably would have been. Okay. Interesting. What's the best? I want to say productivity hack. I don't know if that necessarily suits you. Not that I don't think you're productive, but what's the hack that you've implemented in your business that has helped you tremendously? How can I make this fun? How can I make this more fun? I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Again, I'm against retirement. So do you want to retire? If yes, what else do you want to be doing? And if no, what are you continuing to do? I aspire to retire so that I didn't have to do what I'm doing, but I could still do what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Number two, I would go back to the creative arts. I would go back to being a painter and artful expressor. Love it. Love that. What book changed your life? Huh. Didn't know that either. A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle was one of the very first forays into sci-fi and using sci-fi as a way to talk about the world as being a much bigger place than you have any idea about. Very good. like that. It plays a part in the next question. What do you want to be remembered for? Kindness. What's one skill you'd recommend developing as early as possible in either business or personal life that would provide a lot of value in the rest of your life? Compassion. Mm. I like how quick you are with these. You're tuned in. What is one thing you want to celebrate in a year from today if we were to be meeting up again? It would be really fun to find ourselves celebrating at a really large bonfire mm. out in Montana, a get together of like-minded people who are all elevating one another. I like that. I think we can make that happen. I know a few people in Montana, so just let's keep that in the manifestation zone. <laughs> and last question, what is one, bucket list item or something in your life you haven't done or a chapter you haven't written yet that you're excited to write in the coming months, years, decades? I have this idea that I would like to fly into Australia and Perth and take the train all the way across the country writing a book that I've been working on for a while. Mm -hmm. And before it was all over, I'd be at the Big Red Rock because somehow I am called to go to that Big Red Rock in the middle of the country. And I think that that's on my bucket list. I have to do that. Okay. We are going to use this as accountability on this show and keep hitting up until you do it. <laughs> Thank you Good so enough. much. That is amazing. This conversation was great. Thank you, Johnny, for joining us today. And hopefully everyone listening got a lot of value. Implement mm -hmm. just one thing you learned today. Take action, take one step forward and start to lean into everything that you're not aware. It's not comfortable. There's find the comfort in uncomfortability. So thank you everyone mm -hmm. for watching and listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much. That's all we've got for this Partner Up Profits podcast episode. 
As always, I hope you leave here today with one new idea that you can apply to your life and business. I'd be forever grateful to you for leaving a review of this episode. And if you like it, rate it a five or give it a thumbs up and just leave a quick comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at partnerofprofits.com on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you're just one partnership away from changing your business. Let others do the selling for you and get ready to partner up and profit.